Hello, welcome to episode 15 of Paul Mill Talks, Paul Mill Podcast. I don't know. I still haven't come up with a name. Uh, and this is, uh, this series is Defense Against the Dark Arts, the dark arts being the art of manipulation. So today we're going to be talking about the argument. I was flipping through a book, actually reading it. And I'd already read this book before. I'd forgotten that I read it. And there was a note that I wrote in the margin of the book. It was, you can argue opinions, you can explain facts, but excuses are for losers. So that was about the difference between arguments and explanations. <clears throat> so I thought, well, that's a, that's a good idea. I should do a podcast on the argument, the difference between arguments and explanations. So to start with discourse, the word discourse, what does discourse mean? Discourse means the communication of thought or by words or talking. So any, any written, any written sentences, any rambling noises that come out of somebody's mouth, that is discourse. It doesn't have to be two way. It can be one way. It can be some crazy guy at the bus stop screaming at the sky. That's discourse. So is that an argument? No. An argument is a discourse intended to determine the degree of truth of a statement, claim, or conclusion using premises. So an argument is just somebody trying to determine the degree of truth of a statement. Now you think, well, is that really what an argument is? No, it's not really what an argument is. If you watch anybody in the court of law, they say they are trying to determine the degree of truth by their argument. The defense will argue and the, the prosecution will argue. But are they really trying to determine the degree of truth? Well, you know, you would think, you would hope that they are. But that's not really what's going on. The prosecution is doing everything they can to try to manipulate the judge or whoever to believe, to convince them that he, his case is right. And the defense is doing everything in their power to try to, to convince or manipulate everybody to believe that their side of the story is right. Where does the truth actually come into this? It doesn't. So it's, it's a matter of just arguing to, uh, it's not really to determine the degree of truth of a statement, claim, or conclusion using a premise. It's, it's, a, it's a discourse intended to convince somebody of your side, you know, of, or to convince somebody of your statement, claim, or conclusion using premises. So it, it's not really, an argument isn't really uh, determining the degree of truth. It's just somebody taking a stance and trying to convince other people that their statement or claim is true. Now, it doesn't mean that it is true. They're just trying to convince people that it's true. Now, what if is it really true or not? doesn't matter <laughs> when you're talking about an argument. It doesn't matter if it's really true. Else, the point of the argument, the arguer is, is trying to convince other people that their claim or statement or conclusion is true. They're trying to convince them that it is true. Not, not, not that it is true. They're trying to convince them that it is true. Now, it may not be true. 
So this is a nuance here that a lot of people sort of gloss over. So, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a, what's the word I'm looking for? Optimal world. That's not the word, you know, the word I'm thinking of. I can't think of it in an optimal situation. We would all be arguing, trying to determine the truth. So an argument is trying to determine the degree of truth. Even that alone, <laughs> the degree of truth. So how true is it? Is it only 50% or 62% true? <laughs> what the fuck is that? You know, so, you know, did the, did the bird hit the tree or did it not hit the tree? Well, you know, that statement is only 65.2% accurate. <laughs> you know, I know there's the black and white fallacy. So maybe some things are, you know, a little more, but anyways, I'm getting, I'm digressing here. A discourse is intended to determine the degree of truth of a statement, claim, or conclusion using premises. So that's the definition. But the real world would beg to differ. As everybody knows, when there's an argument, I don't mean a screaming and yelling match. I mean, an argument can and should be done without emotion. It should be done, you know, people, you know, and, and it should be done where we're trying to determine the truth. And if you are proven wrong, you should be saying, hmm, yeah, you know, that, that's a strong argument. But just because somebody gives a really good argument doesn't mean that they are supporting the truth. Evidence and, you know, phantom conclusions, everything that can point to a certain thing. And we all know that just because everything points to something doesn't make that thing true. There's been many times throughout the course of history where things have appeared to be true. And uh, there's a hawk flying out the window carrying, looks like a mouse. Oh, pretty crazy. Uh... Anyway, so let's, let's go into more definitions. So an argument is a discourse intended to determine the degree of truth of a claim, statement, or conclusion using premises. So what's a premise? A premise or premises are reasons that support a claim. So they're just reasons. This is true because. Because why? Because of my premises. My premises are the reasons why I think that is true. So what is the claim? What is your, what, do you, what is it? That's a, just a conclusion or statement, anything. This cup is full of water. That's a claim, right? Anything you claim, you can argue using reasons. So you need those two things to make an argument. You need to have your, your claim, your, or, which is also your conclusion or just a statement. And then you need that argued using uh, premises or reasons. So you need to have reasons why you feel or you think that that is, you know, a valid statement. If you just make a random statement, it's not an argument. It's just you talking on your ass. So now we know what an argument is. Well, we would know what a premise or discourse. Discourse is just, you know, sentences, thoughts, words being expressed. An argument is a claim that is argued using reasons. Uh, premises is the reasons. And a claim is just, you know, your claim. I don't know if I need to define it any more than this. So, so an argument can have one claim and one supporting premise, or it can have a combination of claims and premises. You know, the hack to figuring out arguments are listening for argument indicators and claim indicators. So there are words that are indicators of premises, and there are words that are indicators of claims. Premise indicators precede or occur in the premise kind of makes sense. So a conclusion indicator would what proceed or occur in the claim 
or the conclusion. So if there's a word that indicates your now, this is, I'm, I'm probably starting to lose some people here. So let's get to examples. Examples of premise indicators or reason or yeah, reason indicators are. So if somebody, the reasons why, why the claim is true are the words because or since or firstly or secondly or seeing that, etc. These type of words. This cup is full of water because since this cup is full of water, secondly, you know, the cup, whatever. So you, you can get that. So anything that can mean because. So any word that means because, you know, that's an indicator that there's a reason coming, right? It's not rocket science. So w when we hear uh, because or since, the, you know, the word since, we know reasons are coming. So example of claim indicators or conclusion indicators, you know, when somebody makes a claim, is therefore or so or proves that or implies that, etc. So we know a claim is coming. Uh, but uh, a lot of people, including manipulators, will make claims with no claim indicators. There doesn't have to be claim indicators. Uh, you know, they just give a premise with little or no indicators. Uh, it's like they're arguing an opinion, but they don't want you to know that it's an opinion. You see this now in the news all the time. You see, you know, mainstream news conflating uh, news with opinion. In fact, there's a case right now, the New York Times is being sued by, uh, what's that guy, Project Veritas, because they are conflating, or they have conflated, according to the suit, um, and the judge is going to let it go, so let it proceed. So there's enough evidence for him to say, yeah, there's a case here that the New York Times, you know, is conflating or has conflated uh, opinion with news. So an opinion is an argument, you know, or, or it's not news. And and you need to let the public know that you're arguing or you're, you're giving an opinion and not the news. And the New York Times is a from the grand old lady or whatever they call it, the gray old lady. It used to be, you know, uh, a newspaper of repute, of reputation, a, you know, but now it's just a piece of shit garbage mag that is pumping out propaganda and it's horrible. You read it and it's like, what the hell is this garbage? New York Times. If the New York Times can collapse, all the other papers are, you know, they're all propaganda biased garbage. <laughs> it is garbage. There might be a couple stories, you know, but then when you look into it, it's like, oh. it's just like, you know, when you're talking to a grifter in the streets of Cairo, oh, this is, oh, oh really? You're scamming me? Same deal. You start reading, oh, look at this. Art. Oh, it's garbage. It's propaganda. Here we go. Bias. Here we go with their spin. Here we go with their framing it. Here we go with their taking their crap out of context. Here we go with their garbage. The news is, and they have no one to blame but themselves for the public. You know, the public is not stupid. <laughs> we can all see it, you know, but I know there's a lot of people that are stupid, you know, and we're all stupid about certain things. I'm not saying, you know, that I'm the smartest guy. There's a lot of things that I'm totally oblivious to. Right? Same with everybody else. You know, you could talk to somebody, everybody you talk to knows something you don't know, right? But that doesn't mean that people are stupid. That, you know, the news and, and the, the journalists that are out there today, the, the legacy news media are disgusting. It is crap. 
yeah, this might be my opinion. I'm not giving this as news, and everybody is aware that I am give, expressing my opinion, and my opinion is the legacy news is shit. Garbage. New York Times, not worth wiping your ass with. It is shit. All right. Now, we can continue. So, uh, manipulators uh, mostly make claims with no claim indicator indicators, and they'll give premises with little or no indication. They, it, like I said, they're, they're arguing an opinion, and they don't want you to notice that it's an opinion. They're trying to express it as fact, which it is not. So, the traditional style of an argument, you know, uh, is just is is to use premises and claims with indicators in between. For example, here's here's my example of 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 an argument. Politicians have no incentive to protect voters since voters do not bribe politicians. So first we have the claim. The claim is that politicians have no incentives to protect voters. That's a what, right? That's the claim. What is it? What's your claim? My claim is that politicians have no incentive to protect voters. Why? Well, I had the word since, and the word since indicates that there's a reason since. So why? According to my statement, because voters don't bribe politicians. So when you hear why, you know, what's the premise, you know, the premise indicator, you know, it could also be the other way around, you know, uh, you could say something like horses cannot fly. I cannot fly. Therefore, I am a horse. Clearly this is wrong, but the form is correct. You know, first we we have two premises, two reasons, you know, horses cannot fly. That's one. I cannot fly. These two put together are also sort of a, a larger, you know, they, you know, reason followed by the claim indicator. Therefore, so horses cannot fly. I cannot fly. Therefore, I'm a horse. So the therefore is the claim indicator, which means I am a horse is my claim. And now anybody would realize that I am not a horse. So just because an argument is in the proper form doesn't mean it's true. And we all know this. We all, that's why there's arguments. That's why people argue things because one side is not right. A lot of the times, depending on, on the complex situation, it could be that they're both right and they don't realize they're looking at something from different perspectives. But, you know, a lot of things being evil, usually when there are, is an argument, one side is typically wrong and the other side is typically right. Or maybe one side is, you know, more wrong and the other side is, you know, if, if we're going to start breaking this down into gradients, you know, percentages of truth, then perhaps percentages of wrong can also be applied. Manipulators can use the uh, format of an argument to compel others to believe their bullshit. Take example, the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of the legacy media or CNN or any, any, you know, CTV in Canada or CBC. It's all garbage legacy media. So a manipulator can use the format of an argument to compel others to believe their bullshit. Or they can just stick to premises and claims together and apply. Here's here, here's a good trick, right? So they they stick a premise or a reason next to a claim and imply that they are connected and they leave it for you to make the connections. 
So they're not actually making the connections. They're leading you by the nose for you to make the connection. You can look at any legacy news, any op-ed, or listen to any politician, you know, in power talking. Now, I say in power because a lot of the times the uh, the politicians in Canada, I noticed this, the, the politicians in opposition uh, generally sound more reasonable than when they're in power, unless they're crazy, you know, NDP or, you know, crazy left weirdos, right? So it doesn't matter who they are. Like in, in, when the conservatives are in power, the liberals, when they're the, the opposition, they start making more sense. But then when the liberals are in power, they go insane. They're crazy. And then all of a sudden the conservatives start making more sense. <laughs> it's always whenever they're in opposition, but it's not all of them. And like you take a look at the United States, the, the Republican Party, these guys are, I don't know. I mean, who of them speak up? It's like, they're just, it's same with the, the Democrats. They're just screaming, yet none of them make sense. They're all just pushing their hyper-partisan garbage, and the, the, the news media in the United States is clearly on the side of the, the Democrats. It's, it's ridiculous. And the Republicans are useless, incompetent twats, and they don't really, uh, they're not really useful. Or their message isn't being conveyed accurately if they are. For you know to be in in opposition, their their messages should be relayed more. You know, we need to hear the voices of opposition and the uh, the conservative the conservative, the the Republicans aren't doing a good job as uh, you know voices of opposition. They seem to be pretty quiet. So I keep digressing. I don't want to go pol- political, but I keep it's it's, it's such a narrow blade to walk here so uh okay it's a windy day out there today for those of those of us who have seen the old uh, educational cartoon schoolhouse rock we might remember uh the episode about conjunctions conjunction junction what's your function right so it, it connects shit with words like and or unless but however you know, I can't remember the exact words of the song. I'm pretty sure they didn't say it connects shit. They say it connects things, I guess, maybe. I don't know. They had a picture of a train connecting stuff. It's a long time ago. Anyways, yeah, so the conjunctions, they connect words using and, or, unless, but, however. Uh, but conjunctions are not argument indicators. The conjunction but, going back to conjunctions, so but, the word but, this is a good one. This, this, is, this is a really an important word to uh, look closely at. You know, it's used to suggest surprise. Anytime we hear but, it's followed by a punchline, the punchline, the twist. You know, I went to the store, but I forgot to buy a pack of smokes or I forgot to buy whatever, right? So that's the butt of surprise. You went to the store and you're expecting them to buy a pack of smokes, but they forgot. So there's the twist, but. So we can get away with saying, we can get away with just saying but and not finishing the sentence. And the and this implies to the, the listener, right? She's smart, but, right? So now you're thinking, oh, there's something she did that's not smart. So it starts, but, so you're thinking, wow, it starts, but there's something wrong with it. And you hear, uh, he's the leader, but you're like, wow. So he's the leader, but he's 
shouldn't be the leader. There's something wrong with this guy. So when we hear that, you know, that big sexy butt, it's, you know, we, this, this is a surprise. A surprise is not an argument. So keep that in mind. When people are arguing and they say, but, but, well, but is not an argument. And the same thing goes with, I think that, or I feel that. And we've all said, I think this, or I feel that, right? But when we hear these, these words, it's, we know what's following is not a reasoned argument. It's just some asshole's useless opinion or their guess, and it's useless data. So when somebody says, I think that you can just say, shut up. I don't want to hear anymore because it's going to be useless information. It's a waste of time for them to say it. And it's a waste of time for you to hear it. Right? So I feel that who cares what you feel, right? It's meaningless, right? So now there might be situations when you want to see how this person feels about the situation, or you might want to see what this person thinks about that situation or thinks about whatever the scenario is. But generally it's useless information. It's not based on anything. It's subjective. Clap trap. <laughs> Clap trap. I've no, I got to Google that word. Clap trap. Where did that come from? Clap trap. So when you hear somebody say, I think that, or I feel that, you know, they're lacking confidence and they should only be listened to if it's a first hand account. And even then we sh- their, their story should be taken as very weak and unreliable. The same with, I believe when somebody says, I believe something. Well, what anybody believes is useless. So it's not an argument and it's not useful for finding the truth. I believe, you know, you can go to some professor and I believe this. Who gives a shit what you believe? It's, I don't care what you believe. What can you prove? <laughs> right? What, what can you argue with? What's your, what's your reasoning, right? What are you, what are your premises? I don't give a fuck what you believe. I believe that the queen does shut in her hut. You know, who cares? Strangely enough, when you hear the word must or can't, you think, oh, I hear the word must. That person should be pretty confident. But then when you look at it closer, you know, they, they it might be an argument indicator. You know, this must be that or, you know, this can't be that, right? It sounds, wow, it sounds pretty certain. But it also can indicate a lack of confidence on the part of the speaker. So, you know, if somebody says, we must prevail, you know, if Buddy was sure that we were going to prevail, he would just say, we will prevail. But when he says, we must prevail, that that is implying that we may not prevail. <laughs> He's not confident that we are going to prevail. We must prevail. Well, if you thought we were going to, you would just say, we're going to prevail. We must prevail. So the word must, right? Or she must have swollen, swollen, she must have swallowed the key, right? So again, if you're confident, you would say she swallowed the key, but if you don't, you're not a hundred percent, you're going to say, Hmm, she must have swallowed the key, (laughs) right? She must have. So, you know, even when Arthur, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote, uh, as Sherlock Holmes, uh, when you have eliminated the impossible, Whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. If if Conan Doyle or his mouthpiece Sherlock Holmes, 
you know, were confident, he would have simply said, when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains is the truth. But here we go. Some more big juicy but here. But by including must, Conan Doyle has left room for the possibility that he may be wrong, which is enlightened thinking. You know, it's a rational way to go. So even even as Sherlock Holmes, you know, when you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, you know, must be the truth. Doesn't mean it is, right? Must. Must. You think, well, yeah, must means it is the truth. No, we must prevail. No. He would say it is the truth. When we hear the word must, we know the speaker is only expressing what they believe to be the most likely possibility from what they currently assume. And we know about assumptions, right? Then we have the if-then statement. You know, coding nerds uh, will be sure to tell us that the if-then statements are conditional statements, which makes sense. You know, can the if-then statement be a premise or a conclusion of an argument? Yes, they can. If this condition is true, then do this routine. So that's the conditional. If if this condition is true, then do this routine. Is that an argument? Mm. If she stabbed him, then she is guilty. Is that an argument? No. But if this, if the uh, the if then conditional statement is not arguing that she did anything, it's only stating that if she did something. So if she stabbed him then she is guilty. So it's not an argument. It's not saying that she did stab anybody. And this this is the kind of a, a, a subtle, uh, not so subtle, I guess, but people will hear that and they're like, oh, she's guilty. If she stabbed him, then she is guilty. But he's not saying she did stab him. She's just He's just saying if she stabbed him, then she is guilty. So for it to be an argument, we need more. We need the claim. We can use this statement, this if she stabbed him, then she is guilty, as a premise. It's the premise of their claim. So it would, it would sound something like, if she stabbed him, then she is guilty. And just adds more to the premise, the word and, the conjunction, right? And she admitted to stabbing him. So that is all our premise. If she stabbed him, then she is guilty. And she admitted to stabbing him. It's still not, a, not an argument yet. We need the claim indicator and a claim. We don't need a claim indicator, but we need a claim. So a claim indicator would be therefore, and the claim would be she is guilty. So now they are claiming that she is guilty. So if she stabbed him, then she is guilty. That's only a conditional st- statement. It's not claiming anything. And just a conjunction, adding more to the cl- the premise, And she admitted to stabbing him. Still not an argument. Still not calling anything. Therefore, she is guilty. Now we have a claim and we have the premise and we have an argument. So they're arguing. It's still an opinion. It's not fact. They're they're saying if she stabbed him. And she admitted to stabbing. And she admitted to stabbing him. So if she stabbed him, then she is guilty. And she admitted to stabbing him. So they're just making that, that statement. We, we don't know if she did admit to stabbing him. They're just saying she admitted to stabbing him. Therefore, she is guilty. So we still don't know. This is, you know, if all this is true, sure, it could make sense. But is she, then she's guilty of what? 
she's guilty of stabbing him. Maybe it was self-defense. There could be a whole bunch more stuff, you know. Anyways, um, a key fact to remember is that an if statement, if then statement, doesn't logically mean something is true. You know, if horses eat hay, then they can fly. That's an if then statement. It's in the proper form, but it is not true. If horses eat hay, then they can fly. That is clearly in the proper form, but bullshit. So just because you hear these statements in the proper form, just because you hear an argument in the proper form, doesn't mean it's true. So not all arguments are correct, which should be self-evident to everyone. Neither are explanations. And there's a difference between, here's the meat and potatoes. There's a difference between an argument and an explanation. Like I said earlier, you know, you could argue opinions and you can explain facts, but excuses are for losers. <laughs> so what does that mean? I need to give examples. You argue opinions and you explain facts. So it's, just, it's, just, it's a nuance, but once you, once you grasp it, you're like, ah, yeah, I got it. So this is trickier than it sounds on prima facie. Is that, is that the way we use prima facie on first, first, first face on first appearances? Uh, I don't know on first hearing it. So here's an example. The blue Jays are the best team because they won the world series. Is that an argument or is that an explanation? Here's another one. The blue Jays won the world series because they are the best team. And you think, well, what's the difference, right? It's the same crap. No. The Blue Jays are the best team. The first one said the Blue Jays are the best team. That's an opinion. Are they the best team? That's an opinion. That's not a fact. The Blue Jays are the best team because they won the World Series. Well, so you're giving an opinion and your your claim is that they are the best team. Your premise is because they won the World Series. So you're using a fact to argue your opinion that the Blue Jays are the best team. On the second example, the Blue Jays won the World Series because, right, the Blue Jays winning the World Series is a fact. That is not an opinion. So the Blue Jays won the World Series. That's a fact. So therefore, it's not an argument. It's being explained. You're explaining a fact. The Blue Jays won the, the World Series because... They are the best team. So you're using an opinion to argue or to explain a fact. So an explanation is when somebody tries to explain a fact, they can use opinions, and it doesn't mean it's right. When you explain something, just because somebody's explaining something, this is what we should all be clearly aware of, doesn't mean it's accurate, right? Just because somebody explains something to you doesn't mean they're explaining it accurately, especially when they're, especially when they're using opinions to explain facts. So, you know, the pen dropped that that's, that's a fact. Well, it didn't happen here. There, the pen dropped. So the pen dropped because I decided to let go of it. That's an explanation. So what's important to recognize here is that both explanations and arguments can be wrong. And in some books on logic and reasoning, they don't split this hair. 
and a lot of books are written by idiots. So there's that. So like I started to mention earlier about implying connections, this is the most critical part of the podcast. If you only remember one thing, remember these two things. (laughs) Suppressed premises and suppressed conclusions. Suppressed, suppressed premises and suppressed conclusions. Manipulators use suppressed premises and suppressed conclusions to deceive their targets. But, nice juicy but, for the sake of brevity, we all use suppressed premises and suppressed conclusions, and we should use them in the correct way. That is, if our suppressed premises and conclusions are true. But, nice big juicy but, as we all know, arguments with overt premises and claims can be wrong. But I mean by overt, I mean if somebody explicitly says, so here's the reason why I think this, right? They're actually explaining their premise. They're explaining their reason. They're going into depth, wicked detail, explaining the reasons. They can still be wrong. We know this. We've established that. So it can be an honest mistake by a misinformed person, or it can be an intentional disinformation. It can be intentional disinformation by a well-informed manipulator or an uninformed manipulator who's intentionally trying to deceive you. This is another hack of how our minds work. We cut corners for efficiency and for the sake of the time, you know, we need to, and we should. I mean, we can't go into infinite detail and and research for every little thing. Like it's not feasible. We don't have the time. Life is short. So we need to cut corners where we can and where it's reasonable to. So these, these time, but these time saving techniques are open to hacking by, you know, the manipulator. An example of a legitimate use of uh, suppressed conclusions and and suppressed premises would be, I can't mow the lawn, there's a foot of snow. So I'm giving a premise and a conclusion or claim, conclusions and claims are the same thing, right? My, My statement is, I can't mow the lawn. Why? What's my, my premise? What's my reasoning? There's a foot of snow. Well, are those two things even related? Well, to a rational person, yes. You can connect those dots. They're not explaining it. They don't need to go into detail explaining it. You know, the lawnmower would get stuck. The The mower deck wouldn't be able to cut the grass beneath the snow. Like this is stuff that doesn't need to be explained. So for the sake of brevity, we should not be going into all the details explaining why you can't mow the lawn when there's a foot of snow out there. And we shouldn't have to. So we, this is a shortcut we take and it is proper and, and reasonable for us to do so. We can imply the details of the premise as the snow of the snow as a valid argument for the claim of not being able to mow the lawn. But the master manipulator will imply connections in premises that are not true and they do not support their claim and they are not supported by objective reality. So this is, this is critical. This is where the argument 
and suppressed conclusions and uh, suppressed premises come into play. But this is getting pretty long, so uh, we'll cover that in another podcast. And that's it for now. So, que tengas un buen día. Thank you.